0: The Pain Information Network. Welcome back. Today we're talking about the Greek god of sleep, really, of consciousness leading to slumber, leading to euphoria, and eventually leading to what we're hoping for pain relief. And what are we talking about? The Greek god Morpheus. Why well, it that morphs play on word to morphine? Morphine is kind of the gold standard of opioids, and it's from the uh, poppy, and it's gone through some convolutions in its make, and finally um, the final product being morphine. It is a standard it's a standard drug and worldwide it's readily available it's used in millions of doses morphine is the drug at least u.s used to uh, equilibrate the morphine milligram equivalents that's mme those have been so vexing for us ever since uh, uh what 16 when the CDC guidelines came out and everything was compared to milligram morphine equivalents, MME. And the um, regulatory agencies, others have used this milligram morphine equivalent to pretty much define uh, dosing. And are you getting 50? morphine equivalents are you getting 90 morphine equivalents 120 and it all kind of matters because when you get into the higher numbers risk starts going up it's almost linear if you start adding other drugs like benzodiazepines uh, again cdc guidelines use with caution if you use other uh, drugs that are sedating to the central nervous system it, it's it's compounded one plus one equals three it's synergistic so this is kind of the world we're living in right now morphine is the slap daddy of uh, pain control meds others are judged it's an ancient medicine uh, it really traces back quite far it goes to the early 1800s when it was synthesized It was wrongly accused of many things along the way, including right after the Civil War, the soldier sickness. They were saying that 400,000 soldiers came back with varying degrees of discomfort and uh, the vexes from morphine being in the Civil War just after the hypodermic needle was invented. (laughs) <laughs> they were getting morphine for their amputations and the really crappy medical care those soldiers got. And it was widely distributed. Oh, this morphine fit and withdrawal was starting to be described. That's not really true, actually. It looks closer to the early 1900s and probably closer to World War One when the problems with morphine really started taking off around world war one these little stylets came out and little pocket uh morphine uh, is available and you punch it in the leg and squeeze it and there you go that stuff is kind of still used today but it it's a great pain med and what are you going to do it's readily available it's easily synthesized it's very inexpensive the world health organization considers it a vital medication a vital agent and therefore it's uh, one of those medications that needs to be available access to care that's what it's all about So morphine is ubiquitous. It's all around us. It's what other drugs are compared to. Like hydrocodone, some people say it's a one-to-one. One One milligram hydrocodone, one milligram morphine. Not exactly right. Um, Morphine is given orally. It's given rectally. It's given intramuscularly in the muscle. It's given IV in the vein. It's given in the central nervous system, right in the spinal fluid. It's everywhere. And chasing the dragon, uh, you can snort it. And you can do about anything with morphine and try to get an effect. But potency pays, and effect pays. If you take it orally, it's not very good. Uh, But morphine is taken orally all day, every day, all over the world. It's just not a good bioavailable drug orally, and it's a problem because it's so simple to give, and there it is. Uh, you take it; it's cheap, it's around, and it's kind of okay. I can tell you, doing in the doing the addiction world, myself and another uh, really dear friend of mine uh, in Atlanta, who does a lot of addiction medicine. Uh, have a common belief that it is just one of those drugs we don't see people have a lot of problems with. It's not the drug of choice for addicts. Well, you, Mr. Fentanyl is about 50 to 75 to sometimes 100 times more potent than morphine. That's a front-row seat. Uh, you mix that with a little bit of heroin uh, and the junk that's coming from uh, uh, into China, China... And, I mean, you've got a problem. I mean, people used to take in kind of these um, standard drugs like regular morphine and the like, and they get a little a bit of uh, tolerance to it, they get used to it, and they think they can handle fentanyl, morphine, uh, in high dose, and heroin, they get into trouble. So, yeah, it's used for pain control. It's used a lot of different ways. In fact, look, we see this in the hospital a lot. We see intravenous morphine uh, post-surgically uh, for pain control in many situations where you got to have something potent. Where does that stand? Well, morphine is considered for moderate to severe pain. What in the world is moderate to severe pain? remember rule one pain is a description it's not an entity remember rule two you have to have a diagnosis and rule four is know thy meds so what happens especially in hospital and uh, institutional settings is morphine is given because it's available and people have a, a good familiarity with it on the receiving end on the giving end so the, the name is known, and the really bizarre meds is that people don't know the name of, and uh, there's less comfort in these institutional settings. Uh, they fall back, even though they might be a little better. All right, so we know how it can be given. It can kind of be given all over the map. You can take it many different routes, and the route leads to distribution all right what happens morphine is metabolized in the liver liver metabolized morphine goes a couple of different ways it goes um, to glucuronate three or six six has about half potency of regular morphine three can be excitatory it doesn't do anything it's just annoying But it's important in renal failure and in um, uh, liver failure because you got to get rid of these drugs, right? And if metabolites start accumulating, especially some like uh, morphine 3, it can be kind of central nervous system irritant and people get a second effect from the morphine it can be additive you can't get rid of the drug and the and the metabolite is still active good or bad um, you could have a problem so you got to be aware of comorbid diseases and what you're given especially at the organ level depending on route depending on length you're going to be using this drug so we know thy drugs. Oh, what else? Well, it causes histamine release. So people that get morphine and they they say, "Oh man, I start itching and, you know they get it maybe by IV and their veins turn real red. Oh my God, I'm allergic. bloody, mar- bloody murder. I'm uh, allergic. Well, no, not necessarily. It's a histamine release. It's like uh, you go out and it's like a hay fever. <laughs> Supercharged in the veins, skin. You might be itching. Uh, you may feel funny, like oh my gosh. And a lot of people mistake, including healthcare providers, this as a allergy. Not necessarily. Can be treated pretty easily with antihistamines, Benadryl, and the like. So okay, that's a side effect. What what other side effects do you have? Of course, constipation slows down the gut, and if you are taking other drugs like amitriptyline or tricyclic antidepressants, I should say, um, are your gut's slowing down anyway. And in the elderly, you're really slowing down and you're preoccupying with this problem. And we have got great drugs now to treat constipation. Hope you would induce constipation and otherwise, but. Um, you have to recognize that last thing you want is a small bowel obstruction, but more importantly, those really hurt. And the last thing you want to do sometimes is give somebody morphine to treat the pain from a small bowel obstruction and you got a big, big problem. So you got to know, and it can also cause, um, little spasm at the sphincter of Odie. What is that? That's a biliary tract. And that's your gallbladder and the like. So if you're having kind of gallbladder problems and the like, and you give morphine or uh, you're thinking you're helping out, you may not be helping out. So something to think about. Uh, A lot of uh, folks, uh, sometimes in third world countries, there's something available they're going to do. GI studies and they give morphine for pain and it messes up the biliary tract at the sphincter of that empties into the gut. So what do you got? You got problems. You got to interact your inactive data. Okay. What other problems? Why? How about addiction? What? You mean dependency? No. Dependency is not addiction. Oh, you mean, I get used to it, I'm tolerant. No, tolerant is not addiction. Addiction is addiction. Using the drug against goodwill. In other words, you're taking it against your better need, against the the physiologic need that you have for pain control, and you're just trying to feel something. What are you, what are you feeling? Dopamine. Dopamine is the gasoline of an addict's rush. It's in that that primitive part of the brain behind the ear that goes to the prefrontal cortex where you say that feels good. It's from front seat. And so what happens is you're taking this drug that sits on a receptor that makes the cell do things. That's called a mu opioid receptor, MU. And morphine sits there and morphine does things... To these receptors, you, know, you take a lot of it, it causes them to kind of go away and vaginate and, and it might populate more of In other words, you have more receptors looking for the drug. or It depends. And so what can happen is you um, are taking this drug and you need more because it just doesn't work as well. Well, that might be tolerance. What you're doing is you're pushing the curve. You're pushing the curve over so that you need more drug for effect. Either for the effect from the central nervous system, you got it called high, or the effect for analgesia, you got it. Somebody's got a bad pain problem like cancer pain, you got to use more and more. So a real good, qualified pain person will know. You might want to use adjuncts or other things that one plus one equals three can make the morphine work better, can increase the uh, effectiveness without increasing tolerance. Well, there are meds out. Know that meds, root four that can really help there. Uh, one is gabapentinoids. Another might be uh, the fenagans and the likes. They tend to potentiate opioids. Um, okay, so what do we have here? Dependence. What it that word means? <laughs> what does that mean? It means you go to Starbucks every day, and you got uh, uh, triple uh, latte, triple shot, uh, with cr- whatever. I mean, it's so tedious, isn't it? Yeah, you quit taking it because you uh, go on vacation and in the uh, uh, parts of the world you're at, they don't have a Starbucks on every corner. And um, you might be in the plains of Africa on a safari and there's no Starbucks and you get a little cranky. Yep, you probably were not only a little tolerant uh, vis-a-vis triple uh, shot, um, but you also had some dependence, so a dependence is not a moral failing; it does not mean you 're an addict. it does not mean that what it means is you 're getting the drug, and you probably shouldn 't abruptly stop it, whatever the drug is you know in in reality here's a fun fact in reality there 's about a hundred known substances. Just a hundred out of billions and billions Carl Sagan used to say. I um, got rest his soul. Great guy. That's a Google for everyone to check out. He's now by his definition from the Johnny Carson show in the great long sleep without the dream. Um, great guy. Brilliant. He He made it really clear that there is an infinite number of stuff out there, things we don't know. There's an infinite number of things in the human body, many we don't know. But we do know there aren't that many addictive substances. Opioids are one. Uh, Yeah, nicotine's one. You know that. There's some you can become dependent on, but addiction is different. Okay, You take something despite harm. That's not really a definition. The American Society of Addiction Medicine has this lengthy, lengthy definition. If you really want to get into the weeds and read it, I just think it's too much. If you're taking something, you listen to a little voice on the shoulder, and it's not right. It's not right for you. It doesn't feel right when it starts to wear off. You get in a funk. You start coming down that curve from the tolerance because you're pushing your tolerance further and further and you get to that hedonic set point and you get the funk. Well I don't like the funk. And that's what most addicts will tell you. They don't want the funk. They don't want the early withdrawal or the withdrawal. They aren't taking it to get it high anymore. Maybe the first couple of doses they were taking to get high, but uh They're trying to avoid early withdrawal. So dopamine, intimately involved in that. Uh, Dopamine receptors, one, two, and three beyond the scope of what I'm talking about now. Um, A lot of folks will tell you, I didn't feel normal until my first fill-in-the-blank opioid. And that's the way a lot of people feel around the world with morphine. They just didn't feel normal until they had their first morphine shot. That's where you can get into problems because that's the person that might evolve to the heroin. Heroin's all over the place. It's cheap. It's out there on the street. And when it gets mixed with fentanyl, bad news. Okay, what are other side effects? Well, those pinpoint pupils... You know the scratchy the constipation a lot of that stuff we can we can say is either benign we can treat it um it's not a big deal what about the sedation remember we talked about it could cause sleepiness sedation well that means it must impair my ability to think and work not necessarily When you do uh, these cognitive tests, uh, opioids don't really do that. And I can tell you, people do have a lot of their mental faculties when they're taking pain control to improve their function and quality of life. They are not necessarily, let's use the word, impaired. Yeah. I just don't think it's a lot like alcohol. Alcohol can really change your judgment. Opioids don't always do that unless they put you in that place where addicts have to sometimes go to get their, quote, fixed. That doesn't seem to be a huge problem with morphine. I, you know, that's just personal opinion, just my opinion. Talk it over with qualified healthcare provider. Uh, Standard disclaimer. But the the thing about morphine is it's predictable. It's readily available. We know what it does, and we know what it can do. A lot of drugs are manufactured, and uh, we see them with uh, more. What, what here's heroin, and I'm looking at my drug screen, and the drug screen says metabolite morphine. Yeah, you're right. Heroin's broken down into morphine. What? What's this? Codeine. I'm taking codeine, and I got morphine in me. Yep. Yep, broken down into morphine, uh, although it's not very potent morphine. Uh, what's this? I'm taking codeine, and I see the morphine, but I'm taking morphine. I don't see codeine. You're right. It doesn't do that. So you got to know these drug screens, and please talk it over with your health care provider. If they're going to do a drug screen, just be aware that they have to be interpreted. And uh, it's not a bad, be careful of Dr. Kugel, but it's not a bad idea to have this process with your health care provider that's providing you with these pain meds, a discussion uh, that uh, includes informed consent. So there's the knowledgeable teacher, that would be the healthcare provider, and the recipient, that would be the patient. And... You have that discussion about risk complications and options and you know where you're headed and you know your benchmarks as we've discussed many times, three, six, nine, twelve 12 months, not where you're now but where you're going to be and how long you're going to be on it, what potency you're going to use and really where you're headed because morphine is going to come in different forms, short acting and long acting. It's cheap. It's what a lot of uh, companies like you to be on, the U.S., um, because as opposed to the very expensive, newer, long-acting opioids, we can give you uh, long-acting morphine, and it's very inexpensive. But as with most opioids, you got to think about an exit strategy unless you've got a clear indication for you to be on it for a prolonged period of time vis-à-vis cancer or other really tough problem like post-Lymanectomy syndrome, rule two diagnosis. And so you got a plan. Talk it over to the healthcare provider. Understand the side effects. Um, please have a plan. Always have a plan. Have a way to protect these medicines fr- from others, the community, stolen drugs, right, lock boxes, Protect these drugs. Don't leave them in your glove compartment. All these stories we hear, um, and it's really not a good idea to put them in a day planner, like a seven-day planner, where you're you've got your morphine in a little plastic container seven days. And um, let me tell you something. It's it's like not a good idea just to leave these bottles around. Well my dog ate all my morphine. Well, bring me the dead dog. Well, you know, the, the all my morphine went into the toilet. I need another prescription. Erythromycin never ends up in the toilet. Have you noticed that? It never ends up in the toilet. No, no, no. You have to be forthright. You have to be very open with honest communication. Good patient and provider relationship, a plan, and knowing where you're heading with these very potent opioids. Okay, let me just uh, talk real quickly about something that requires an entire podcast, and that's suppression, gonadal suppression or uh, HPA um, suppression. That's this access where you get suppression of hormones and. There's a number of side effects from opioids that are kind of unique and obscure, but this one's kind of real. Males, it can drop your testosterone. Okay, be aware of that. You may have to have that checked. Females, it can drop other hormones. It can lead to other problems. Does that mean it, I'm going to be depressed? Nope. Does that mean that uh, I might be overly stated most of the time? Probably not, especially move into it slowly. Does that mean I have to have replacement hormone? I don't know. We have to check it. In males, we got uh, t- uh, testosterone replacement. In females, we got other strategies. So, okay, I can go further with morphine. I can keep going on about morphine, but the key with morphine is it's a great drug a useful tool part of a pain management strategy an armamentarium of every healthcare provider that sees and treats pain and some that don't like uh you know it's let's face it on the battlefield you know it's used and you don't always have to um understand the drug in depth you have to understand that um, all drugs have consequences so uh, understand the consequences, especially if you're a recipient vis a vis informed consent. Uh, be careful what you see on Google. And questions are a good thing. Take your questions to your healthcare provider. Don't overwhelm them. You know, five to ten questions. Um, and I think side effects, I think complications options how long will I be on it how do I get off of it you kind of get the idea here okay well listen thanks uh, thanks for checking in with us here Uh, as always if you have a question paininformation.com and please um, you can visit the YouTube channel we're getting that uh, up and running and i uh, have a youtube on morphine there too as well as a couple other opioids and we'll be expanding that uh questions always appreciated uh, uh stars and bars, if you uh, can leave a rating on itunes that really helps us rank appreciate it so much subscribe to the youtube if you can it helps and um I appreciate you just taking a gander, taking a listen, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon.